Welcome back to another episode of My Boyfriend's Record Collection. My name's Amanda. I'm Jason. And this is a podcast where we talk about relationships, music, and our relationship with music. Each and every week we pick a random album from My Boyfriend's Record Collection and discuss the album, the vinyl, the critical reception, and how it makes us feel. What album were you talking about today, Jason? Today we are talking about Spirituality and Distortion from avant-garde metal producer Igor. Oh, we are on some spooky shit today, folks. Um, I'm not trying to oversell it, and I don't believe I am by saying this, but this is like, this is Nadia from what we do in the Shadows Metal. This is giving Gomez Adams college high school band project. This is giving all things spooky yuki, and I love it. I love this fucking album. I'm so glad we listened through it multiple times this week. I'm just (laughs) so excited for this episode. But before we get into the album, uh, let's check in with the My Boyfriend's News Corner, and I believe we're checking on our our pal Freddie today. Right, yeah. Uh, (laughs) Literally, like, a couple of days after we recorded the last episode, Freddie Gibbs, and especially since we were talking all about how cute him and his girlfriend right, are. and how and pretty all, she is yeah. and how sweet they seem. Uh, Freddie Gibbs' girlfriend uh, wrote a very long Twitter thread, which I didn't uh, forgot to pull up uh, because, honestly, there's a lot of kind of irrelevant information in that Twitter right. thread. Right, I mean, the, like, the short and sweet <laughs> yeah. of it is. That uh, basically she got pregnant um he kind of he was like on tour or something mm-hmm. you know when she found out so there's like screenshots of all these texts and everything right and it's all kind of like you know oh i need to wrap my head around this and she's like trying to give him space and all that right and uh at, at a certain point she basically says like uh because it, it should be noted that like literally months before that like they were talking about wanting to have a kid together right like that's um, important context yeah, for the that next was, part that was uh. part of the thread so basically like she got pregnant uh he's like i don't know what to do about this they i i guess at some point there's like a bit of a gap in the timeline here but i guess at some point they kind of decided to like get an abortion but she is like you know, if we get an abortion then like this relationship's over right you know so uh, she goes to the abortion clinic. He's in New York doing Jimmy Fallon right. at, at this time. So she goes to the abortion clinic, finds out that she is 12 months pregnant and not... 12 not, weeks, not 12, 12 months. <laughs> if she was 12 months pregnant, um, there's, yes. there's a more serious problem going she on. She found out she was 12 weeks pregnant, not nine weeks like she thought she was. And so, you know, it's the classic situation of, like, she saw the baby in the ultrasound. Yeah, because they, they made then, her look in the state she right, was in. And, and that then, is when things start to get more human-shaped. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, so, she, you have a right to change your mind about getting yeah. an abortion. I fully believe in that. <laughs> so, yeah, she changed her mind. Uh, but she apparently hasn't heard from Freddie, like, since she went to the clinic. And here's what fucking gets me. <laughs> so they've been together about the same amount of time we've been together. Roughly, Maybe just, yeah. like, a couple months longer. Yeah. I cannot fucking fathom you just not, like, right. speaking. I mean, I know, like, maybe they didn't live together, maybe, but, like, three fucking years, and he just yeah. ghosts. Yeah. Yeah, like I nuts. mean, I it it does not do it, anything to deter my opinion of Freddie Gibbs is shitty to women. He it, raps about being shitty to women, and in practice, he's shitty to women. It makes me wonder if there's like something else going on too, because there was also in that thread, uh, she. 
I guess exposed. I hate using like YouTuber language, right? But like, um, uh, one of because when they were in New York together, like way before this, they got jumped by um, Benny the Butcher's crew. Uh, what? Yeah, it's a whole it's a whole thing. Freddie and Benny oh have God. like a beef going on, uh, and you know these are like these are like actual gangster rappers. So like you know. You have to have, you have to fucking roll around with security, otherwise shit like this happens where a bunch of people just come out of nowhere at a restaurant and yeah. like, attack you and steal your necklace. Suge Knight is everywhere, always. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean there there's uh in the thread she posted like there's a picture uh of like she has a Freddie Gibbs necklace that's just like the Freddie Gibbs logo, but it's a little smaller. It's not like yeah. a big chain. Uh, when they got jumped, that necklace got stolen, and then Benny posted a picture of him wearing the necklace. What a little piece of shit. <laughs> I'm sorry. This uh, is just so fucking childish. I'm yeah. like, y'all are fucking massive celebrities. Right. But anyway, after that, um, I didn't listen to them all because it was a lot. But she posted a bunch of, like, voice messages that one of Freddie Gibbs's other baby mamas, mm-hmm. like, sent to her. Yeah. And it's, like, and it's like 40 of them. Yeah. It's, like, unhinged shit. You know, and so, like, part of me is wondering, like, okay, is, is, like, she is, like, the other baby mother threatening to, like, keep him from his other kids if he, like, goes back with her or something? Like, I don't know. I don't know. Because this was before the pregnancy thing. Well, I kind of have a feeling, too, um, that just from his lyrics and from his behavior in this particular incident, mm-hmm. I have a feeling this is a pattern. I have yeah. a feeling that he has left all of his child children's mothers in very similar situations. If they were even really together together. I mean, I don't know the, in the, in the little bit of the voice memos that I heard, it didn't, I didn't get that impression that he like, cause he is like actively involved with his other kids. Well, good you know like there's a very very famous clip of him uh freestyling on like sway in the morning with like his daughter on his lap or something yeah, like no, that but like you know I, th- I think i talk a lot about this a lot there are a lot of men out there that are yeah. good fathers and piece of shit romantic right. partners i'm not trying to like come to the defense of freddie gibbs too much no, no, but, no. but like I'm there's also, no like full evidence to support yeah. that but also like i, I mean all... he did write a whole ass song about how this woman was like paying for his flights and paying for his right. passport and like funding his lifestyle but like we're not actually dating so i get to fuck whoever i want right. and you don't get to right i mean that's the shit he writes about and i know sometimes that can be hyperbolic but yeah. it's like yeah i'm, I'm just saying i'm just I, saying i feel like freddie gibbs kind of sucks as a human I'm just saying I'm not I'm not parasocial enough to start making that's valid <laughs> judgment that's val- calls. No, and I'm I'm just going off of the album we yeah. talked about last week and the teeny little bit that right. I know about Freddie. Right. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm just I'm disappointed in your choices, Freddie. I'm just saying, even <laughs> going by just the thread she posted, mm-hmm. I get the sense that there's a little bit more going on than just she got pregnant and he ghosted. No, you know what I mean. It definitely, definitely seems like it's none of this than happened that. in a vacuum. Yeah. I mean, nothing ever happens in a vacuum. You know, there's like a tornado of outside forces going on. But, but yeah, you know, I mean, he's not really doing anything to redeem himself in my eyes. I just think it's, it's very funny because it's like you know that episode is getting posted like today, yeah. like literally right after we record this one. Yeah, and um, I just want to let everyone know. 
that if you listen to that episode and we don't bring it up. <laughs> yeah, we didn't know. Yeah, this we didn't new know. New information. Oh, <laughs> and in the girlfriend's record collection news corner, oh, um, yeah. I have moth eggs. Yeah. I bred two of my Luna moths, um, and I've got some little eggies, some little eggos, and uh, releasing two moths back into the wild tonight, uh, yeah. a male and a female, and uh, I'm really excited. Oh, yeah. And the kittens are still doing great. Uh, still trucking along. Mama cat's getting sweeter by the week, so... Mm. Okay. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about in the boyfriend's record? I mean, I don't think so. The only other, like, big news stories that happened this week, off the top of my head, uh, there was that Timbaland um, song with the AI Biggie Smalls on it. Oh, God, yeah. Which sucks. I mean, we've talked enough about, like, AI and music. And then... I just got uh, a bad feeling about this. Right before we sat down to record, some forty-one announced they were breaking up, and uh, which is like, what? yeah, I thought they broke up in like two thousand ten. I'm not Same. even gonna lie. Same. I thought it was like two thousand nine. That's the yeah. last time I remember listening to some forty-one. Yeah. Like, no shade towards uh, some forty-one lovers. I apologize if any of you are struggling with this news today. Yeah. But like, how were we supposed to know they were still a band? I know. <laughs> anyway, yeah. getting anyway. back to the album. So Igor, Igor, spirituality and distortion. So Igor is a little bit of a different setup than like a traditional metal band. Igor is one person that has like kind of a collective of artists that he works with very much Devin Townsend. But tell us a little bit about him. So Igor is, first of all, off the jump, by far the most experimental like album we've done on the show so far. Which is kind of impressive. Yeah. Uh it's like i'm just impressed that it took us this long to get to something this weird like honestly igor reminds me of um there's a there's a jpeg mafia quote i really like Mm -hmm. where someone asked him to describe his music and he said it's normal music for people who listen to a lot of music yeah yeah that's kind of how i feel about igor it's like if you play this for your average your average normie you know this is gonna sound this is gonna sound all over the place it's gonna sound crazy and chaotic yeah. it but like, sounds like the video of like the duck playing the drum and like all yeah. the little animals playing instruments but make it spooky right <laughs> but like i listen to it and i'm like oh this 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 is sick like, right i love this it, it like scratches and itches my brain so um igor is uh, one guy. <laughs> <laughs> Igor is a singular. Yes. It is spelled with three R's. So Spirituality and Distortion is the fourth album uh, released by Gautier Suri under the alias Igor. It was released on March 27th, 2020. Nice French name pronunciation there, Thank babe. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> uh, it has a ton of other people playing on it. Um the, including one of our faves here on the show this album has yeah. corpse grinder on yeah, it it's got we, our boy george fisher we will get to that uh <laughs> notably you have I, i'm i'm gonna read off the ones that i believe are um uh like the most notable mm-hmm. musicians here you have laurent lenore on vocals uh laura la P- prunique 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 Lorelle Prunique on vocals as well. You've got uh, Sylvain Bovier on drums and percussion. Uh, Benjamin Bardou on harpsichord. Erlen, oh my God, Erland Kasparisen on bass. Uh, let's see here. Let's see. Uh, sitar. Uh, Anthony Miranda on sitar and percussion. 
Nils Cheville on classical guitar, Martin Clement on electric guitar, uh, Matt Lebowski on piano, uh, a couple of string players, uh, a cello player. I don't, I can't pronounce this person's name or the instrument they're playing. What? The the canon. Hold on. Yeah. I'm coming uh, around. <laughs> Fotini, Fotini I think that's a traditional Iranian instrument, and I think it is the kanun. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. It might be a Turkish. You yeah. Might be wrong. Nobody at me. Yeah. <laughs> Point is, a lot of people. Yes. Uh, worked a, on this album. A lot of interesting instruments. We got the thing we just said we got a harpsichord from the 17th century we yeah. got a sitar yeah. played with a screwdriver at some yes. points we just watched the making of just before we sat down to record mm-hmm. this and it is just insane yeah it's really so like when when igor first started uh they put out he put out two albums and it was a lot of samples mm-hmm. you know he did a lot of sampling and then layered guitars and stuff on top of that uh it very much sits in like this break core like genre of uh uh edm and um but then they got signed to what record label is this metal blade when he got signed to metal blade for savage sinusoid Mm -hmm. he hired like a bunch of musicians and he stopped sampling altogether gotcha so that's why there's so many musicians because he wants to use all of these unique sounds Mm -hmm. and uh to do that he collaborates with a lot of other people which is honestly Mm -hmm. smart and like this album is like nothing I've ever listened to right. before, but like you said, it just scratches your brain mm-hmm. in just such a satisfying way. I, uh, neurodivergent listeners, uh, th- especially if you're a Halloween person like I am, this album is for us yes. and specifically for us. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's largely instrumental. The lyrics, uh, when there are vocals, it's very operatic and or death metal, mm-hmm. <laughs> sometimes at the same time. And the language that they speak in, you're going to be like, is that French? You know, which would be the obvious assumption. Is it Latin? Sometimes it sounds like Latin. At moments, it sounds like Aramaic. Yeah. Actually, the language is uh, completely invented by the two vocalists. Wow. It's, it's uh, Oxo Sox is what the language is. Um, you can find a dictionary of the words they use on their band camp. <laughs> Um, ironically though, I wonder since those two vocalists aren't in the band anymore, right? Um, I wonder if the next Igor album is going to be, cause I know they also have songs that are in French and like the corpse Grinder song is in English. Like yeah. they're not totally married to this fake language. No. Thing. And, um, I'm looking at the genius, like for just Igor, the G- genius listing. And, yeah. um, he seems to put out an album about every three years. So, yeah. Uh, roughly. We, we don't have we're much coming. longer to wait. Yeah. It's, yeah it's we're going to have an answer to that soon. <laughs> I mean, he did already, uh, he did already replace those two vocalists and, the guitarist that plays on this album, mm-hmm. Martin Martin Clement, has become a full time member of like the band Eagle. Oh, fantastic! Yeah. So we do have like more of a proper band. As as a matter of now. fact, almost oh, yeah. A, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's because they're looking at R slash Igor, and it's got the current lineup. Right. As a matter of fact, I think it's also uh, the drummer and the bass player. Oh, for excellent! The, like that are playing on this record joined the band, which makes sense because uh, we'll get into it once we start listening to the album. But like. The, the guy playing bass is, like, really the star of this album. Mm-hmm. The bass lines on this album are nuts. They're so they're so crazy. Um, but, yeah, I got into my, like, history with Igor is pretty 
pretty bland. Basically, Savage Sinusoid came out uh, when you know after Metal Blade released it. I, I wish I could be cooler and be like, I've been, you know, especially since it's like this type of experimental shit that's so up my alley. Right. I wish I could be like, I've been into this band since they came out. Since, you know, but no, like Savage Sinusoid came out and got a ton of praise. And I never got around to listening to it. Gotcha. And and then when this album came out, I was like, "Oh, cool! I know. I I've heard of Igor. They're supposed to be really good. I'm gonna listen. Right, to it. I'm right. gonna jump on the train with this one. Right. And um, I still haven't really gone back to listen to Seven Six, <laughs> despite that being unanimously, <coughs> despite that being unanimously unanimously considered to be like a better album than this one. Right. But. I mean, I'll get around to it. We'll get there. Realistically, what's probably going to happen is, uh, uh, like, the vinyl for Savage Sinusoid is going to, like, go on sale on, yeah. like, the Metal Blade website or some shit, and that's when I'm going to end up picking it up and listening to it. Yep. Yep. Sounds about right for us. <clears throat> but anyway. What was um, the uh, critical reception of this album when it was... Oh, very positive. Because it, um, it came out in 2020, and it was recorded over a period of time between, like, late 2018 and yes. early 2020. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, yeah, it was, exactly. Um, it's got a seventy-nine overall score, uh, critic score, but with most of the like, that that's being pulled down by the needle trap. Ah. Uh. So Metal Injection gave it a ninety-five. Exclaim Magazine gave it a ninety. Blabbermouth gave it an eighty, and then uh, the needle drop. Good old Anthony Fantanthony gave it a fifty. <laughs> <laughs> I will fist fight him in a McDonald's parking lot over this one. Fantana, and, this is an amazing album. You should feel bad for your bad review. This is one of the albums that has like, especially for fans, or especially, yeah, it's got very mixed reception on yeah. on uh, album of the year here. Because it's like just scrolling through the, the top uh, most popular reviews uh, for users. It's like 50, 73, 60. 85 79 you know right yeah so it seems like you either thought it was mediocre or amazing and right no exactly. real negativity which i guess is fair yeah i just i don't know this hits with my brain in a way an album that we've covered on the show like hasn't really i mean other than like 100 gex i i'm I, it's so funny you said that because i literally just had the realization that like this is metal if if if, if you come into this looking for a metal album like you're gonna be really disappointed yeah this is metal for people that are into like break core and like stuff like hyper pop and hundred gex right and and EDM. machine girl yeah like, black dresses like that type of shit oh my god it's metal for the gays yeah oh my god it's metal for uh, the gays <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I mean, I'm not wrong. I'm being controversial right. and brave, and I deserve yeah. praise for it. I mean, that's just the uh, that's the that's the French influence coming through there. Right, right. <laughs> you know, you know. <laughs> Good old, I'm ta taking you all back to 1995 with with my uh, my French equals gay jokes. Oh boy, <laughs> groundbreaking yes, stuff. Groundbreaking yes. stuff. Uh, well, is there anything else we want to get into about the background of Igor before we start listening to some tracks? I mean, I don't think so. Yeah, I'm, I feel like we hit everything. I'm I just so excited to talk about it. I feel like we're skipping stuff. Yeah, that's the thing. I, I mentioned that the two vocalists aren't in the band anymore. That's right. be, which is because uh, the male vocalist uh, didn't want to get the vaccine. Boo. So, so the rest of the band, they, they do the very diplomatic thing of being like, we respect his decision, but unfortunately... You're fucking fired, yeah, you piece of a, shit. <laughs> we, we literally can't travel or play shows if you don't get the vaccine, so uh, fuck you. <laughs> and also, you're not 
like a full-time member because like igor is the one guy he kind of has executive decision to fucking fire or hire anyone he wants and it's kind of smart to do that from the jump because like if you start that from the jump you don't run into the brandon uri conundrum of like then your band breaks up and it's literally just you i mean it's a big part of the reason that uh bands don't really exist anymore like record labels don't want to hire don't want to like sign bands they want to sign artists exactly because then the label can just kind of like stick them with whoever and session musicians and it's also easier for royalties and whatnot. Anyway, yeah. Um, let's uh, let's get into this first track here. This is Downgrade Desert. Is, are we are we ready to go on our desert journey across Tatooine yeah. to fight the Empire? And I don't know, like this is Dune music. It is Dune music, yeah. but it's also very Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Like, there's really no escape if you're gonna go for kind of like almost like an arabesque soundtrack that and like desert in the title. My dumb little baby brain that has like been marinated by Star Wars for the period of my entire life yeah. is gonna go. That's there's a Star War, right? So you know. <laughs> incurable brain rot yeah courtesy of george <laughs> lucas but anyway as the track but, was playing uh I you mean, mentioned we wanted to do the genre oh tags. yeah I, for, I, meant, I forgot to mention the genre tags which we haven't done in a couple of episodes mostly because uh the last few albums have just been it's like this is a metal album this is a hip-hop album right this is avant-garde metal break break core baroque music and arabic folk music with the added descriptors of eclectic, quirky, energetic, female vocals, male vocals, avant-garde, playful, rhythmic, manic, complex, surreal, spiritual, aggressive, and humorous. I like all those genders. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta be like some of my top 20 genders. Right, yeah. 
But um, yeah, I mean, you can kind of you can almost hear all of that like right in this first track. Yeah, especially like in the intro. Yeah, you got some of that mm-hmm. traditional Arabic uh, guitar right up top, and uh, <clears throat> yeah, some nice. Uh, the only the only part you don't really get in this uh, first track is the break core. Yeah, but we Th- get there. This is just kind of a cool, like, like heavy heavy opening riff. Yeah. And uh, there there is some of the like operatic vocals later in the track. Um. Uh, but other than that, this is a pretty straightforward, mostly instrumental. Yeah. Just heavy opening song. Uh, real heavy guitars and. It really sets you up for almost everything that's going to come later, except the break core. But like where that's worked <laughs> yeah. in is just I I personally think this album is work of genius. Oh yeah, I, yeah. I think it works on on a lot of different levels. Like it almost helps if you listen to it like it's an EDM project. I yeah, feel like. yeah. So know? my EDM girlies, if you're listening to this, yeah. um, this might be a really great segue for you to get into some more heavier music. Some more heavier music, but also some like experimental metal, which is not always the most accessible genre. <laughs> yeah, this I, is like how you get in through the shallow end. Yeah, if someone, because that's the thing, like a lot of EDM, you know, is kind of like heavy and very bass heavy. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I feel like. It's more an intro to the weird in a way yeah. that doesn't feel so new right. or like straight. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know where I'm going with this. Uh-huh. <laughs> Oh man, let's uh, let's just move right along because this is also kind of a well. Actually, no, it's not. For us, it's not a very long album. It's fourteen tracks. For some reason, I thought this was like eighteen songs long. I don't know why. Maybe maybe it's because one of these is seven minutes long, and I thought that that was more than one song. But anyway, that's valid. Uh, let's move on to the, our second track. This is Nervous Waltz, written by Gautier Sierra. Yeah. Start fading it out here. 
So it's giving panic attack. It's giving gradual build of anxiety. It's giving the singing vampires in Elden Ring. Yes. It's so good. It's also, it's, I mean, it is, the, the, uh, the title is accurate. Yeah. It is a waltz. It is a waltz. It does feel very nervous. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What if that's our first slow dance at the wedding? Like it all starts uh, off very like proper and then I just like fucking goes, I don't, I can't dance like that. What am I talking about? Yeah, no, we'd we'd have to take like waltzing classes because like if I, if I wanted to do this, like to this song. I would want to play it completely straight. Right. Like, like I wouldn't want to, I, like, we, like, we would almost have to go and, like, like, get dancing classes. Hire a choreographer. Yeah, hire a choreographer <laughs> and, like, make a show of it, you know, because I wouldn't want to do the thing where you kind of, like, start out doing, like, the generic, like, waltz movement. Right. And then the song kicks in and everyone laughs and it's like. No, I would, I would, I would play it sh- sh- uh, completely straight faced. Like, <laughs> be like, no, this is art, actually. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're, you're all witnessing art. We're doing yeah. an art performance piece yeah, so at say, our wedding. This isn't just a wedding. This is a performance. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! But like, that's the first glimpse we get at that uh, yeah. 17th century harpsichord. Right. And um, which, I, which which is real, but uh, we should mention like all of the acoustic instruments on this album like we already said that there's no samples there's also mm-hmm. no like it's not like a keyboard with a filter no on it. you know no, what i mean they like, actually recorded it on the actual instrument with mm-hmm. like tons and tons of room mics yes and sometimes um like what igor was explaining is they would take the recordings from out in the hallway yeah for certain things and that's why like i think it's around um the mouse at maximum um mm-hmm. You can actually hear the harpsichord getting further and further away. And it's kind of interesting because it makes you feel like you're kind of getting further into this manor almost. Like you're walking through this mysterious garden. You're getting further and further away from the 18th century party. Mm -hmm. And everything's all medley and Arabic. And, you know, it's just... Yeah. It's so good. (laughs) It's so great. This is is the type of, like, like true, like, high effort experimental Mm -hmm. stuff that I love. You know what this would be great for, too? Um, And I am texting Jessica about this immediately after we record this. This is good music for people that are into the fairy smut novels. I'll take your word for it. (laughs) Because that's kind of the vibe. It's very much the unseely court. Like, things are a little bit chaotic and disjointed, but they're very beautiful, but they're also a little intimidating and scary. And (sighs) Gotcha. Yes. And it's about fairy smut. Yep. <laughs> yep. You get is kidnapped it, by, or well, I don't know if it's like, self-insert. But I was uh, about to say, is it like, is it like specific? Is it like a like a fanfic thing, or is, or is no, no? These just... are actual published books, okay. but like audiobooks on Audible. Um, Harlequin <laughs> romance novels have kind of gone by the wayside. Now we just have these very elaborate, like supernatural smutty romances. Yeah. Wait. One more question: Is this is this a uh, is this a genre or a series? Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> It is both. It is both. Gotcha. I think okay. it's a court of th- thorns and roses that everybody's oh, very okay. into. Um, and it's about like the night court and the bright court, or the summer court and the winter court. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, this is giving very much like wandering away from the party at the winter court. Right. Especially as we get into the next track. Yeah. Oh, which, uh, real quick, I just realized we've, uh, uh, I forgot to mention, like when we were talking about Downgrade Desert, the reason I was thinking of Dune is because we watched the music video. And the music <gasps> video right. is very obviously like it's definitely just dune like it is just dune very inspired by dune 
you know, uh, uh, Dune Part 2 coming out soon. Go see it in, exclusively in theaters. Go see that Shyamalan. Yeah, please, please make a... Uh, Please make Dune 2 more popular than every Marvel movie. That would be really funny. Please, God. Please, I'm begging <laughs> you. I'm so burned down on Marvel and Star Wars yeah. right now. No, in in my 30s, I'm, I'm making it a, a point to become a Dune guy. Mm-hmm. I'm going mm-hmm. to get super into Dune. I already got into Berserk. Now it's Dune time. Right, right. Just Where do you go from there? Uh, I probably have to read Infinite Jest. Right. Yeah. Get really like, or you could just go like all the way back to the beginning and just get like really into Frankenstein as a novel. Yeah. You know, just like go all the way back to the like the OG goth queen. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's fine. I have actually read Frankenstein. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. I actually love Frankenstein. Yeah, Frankenstein's cool. We have the the Junji Ito version. We of do. It. We also have the um, paperback novel, which is very good. Mm-hmm. If uh, like honestly genuinely if uh you want to like read the story of frankenstein but you don't got a lot of time yes i recommend the juji itu version because yes. it's much quicker and it is the entire story and he it doesn't is. he doesn't really change anything no there's a couple lines that get left out here and there yeah. but that's because like they're explained with what is in the frame they're right often, like descriptions of rooms and things like yeah. that um this would be great to listen to while you're reading any junji itu but yeah. particularly um, Junji Ito's ad- adaptation of Frankenstein. Right. We should make that like a segment. Like, what, <laughs> what, what, what kind of literature or a manga or comic book would yeah. we pair this with? You know. Right. Yeah. Uh, anyway, let's move on to uh, the track that went a little bit viral. This is very noise. You get the idea. <laughs> so the music video for this yeah. is just off the freaking wall. Um, I don't, I don't really fully know how to describe it. The genius annotation provides some context, but I'll let you go first. Oh uh, yeah, I was just gonna say. So the music video is really what went viral more so than the song itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got a very nice, surreal animated video done by Meat Department. Mm-hmm. Um. Which does a lot of the, you know, Meat Department is known for doing a lot of these, like, crazy blender animations. Yes. On YouTube and stuff. It almost reads as AI. Like, the AI that we've bit. been seeing this year. But it's it's way better rendered yeah. than yeah. that. Um, it, and it's definitely not AI rendered. It reminds me more of, like, nonsensical Adult Swim bumpers. Yes. That, like, Syriac used to do. Yes. Um... Which, honestly, this meat department dude might be doing Adult Swim bumpers now, for all I know. Right. We, we wouldn't know. We, don't, we haven't had yeah. cable ever yeah, yeah. in this house. Yeah, <laughs> but this is one of the... This, like, went viral because uh, this album, you know, came out around the same time that a lot of these, like, React channels and mm-hmm. music React channels were getting really big. Right. So, of course, anything that's, like... 
like the like if you go go watch the video for this and yes. uh, you'll understand that like every 20 seconds or so there's something crazy that happens that like gets a big reaction that you can make content out of well and i actually have some additional context for that from meat department Ooh. um this song is an attempt to transcribe the synthesis of numerous testimonies of stroke victims that he has collected over the past few years about three-fourths of stroke victims are heterosexual white males over the age of 50 and the visions that arise from these experiences are in common with the neuroses of this category of the population huh Identity disorder, existential anxieties that are somewhat linked to erection problems, transfer phenomenon to a much more sporty image of the father, and a burning desire for extreme but playful activities such as motocross or solo rock climbing. The notion of a figurative abstraction is also very significant to the stories. It's linked between the two ideas that challenge each other. One could speak of a remedy for cognitive dissonance generated by some overlapping fantasies. That's actually... uh... It, it, make, it makes a lot of sense. It really does. <laughs> um, I was also kind of shocked it's to find out. definitely all in there. Yeah, but I guess it makes sense because when you think of like people in the grocery store that are freaking out to the point where you're like, dude, you're going to burst a blood vessel in your brain yeah. if you keep doing it. It is always a white guy in his 50s. Oh, yeah. You know, like there's something happens. Like <laughs> There was that video recently of uh, the guy... The very confused man throwing uh, cans of like bush light. Yes. <laughs> all yes. throughout the like the... <gasps> Do you think Bud Light has given some of the because caused some of these strokes this year? I mean, not probably, ca- but like, do you think like, do you think there's like a link there? Uh, maybe, <laughs> maybe like, okay. Here's here's my theory. All right, a lot of these guys are like they don't realize that they're alcoholics because they just like drink twelve cans of Bud Light a day. Right. You know, and, and now they've they've stopped cold turkey. And, oh, no. and now they're, they're, they're experiencing withdrawals. Which, like, okay, if you're not buying Bud Light because you don't like that it supports a trans person, like, first of all, fuck you. Yeah. But second of all, why is no one talking about just going down to your local brewery and getting yourself a nice growler? Right. Yeah. Like, t- support a local business, my dude. Right. Stop shooting it with your AK-47 that you shouldn't even have. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. you know, don't have a stroke. <laughs> if you're a white guy in your 50s, don't have a stroke. Yeah, don't recommend it. Yep. Um, it's bad for you. It is very bad for you. But if you would like to see what um, perhaps that experience might look like in a visual medium, check out the music video for yeah. Very Noise. <laughs> yeah, very, very good video. Very good video. Uh, 10 out of 10 would recommend. And I do remember uh, in the making of documentary that we watched the song, he said that it was basically him experimenting with different asymmetrical drum loops. Yeah. And then he landed on this one. And he really liked it, how, like, frantic it was. And then he just kind of built a song around it. Yeah. It's kind of um, Powerpuff Girls on Acid in the intro a little bit. And I like that. A lot of that is because uh, that's kind of what breakcore is. Yeah. So breakcore is centered around these uh, drum breaks. Mm -hmm. And um, the main main drum line from the Powerpuff theme song is uh called the amen break yeah it's, it's a very famous one yeah, it's and it's the most, used in a lot is the most is the most famous drum break uh you'll hear it like all in all music yes basically. you'll hear it's the, the wilhelm scream it, yeah of drum breaks yeah it's the one so yeah you'll hear that like it's also sampled very prominently in eyeless by slipknot yep. it's in countless songs on this album you know yep uh that's uh, but 
when you're not using the amen break like those are referred to as asymmetrical drum breaks gotcha gotcha uh, anyway love it let's move on to track number four this is called hollow tree and back into the fey court we go i think this is oh yes Classical opera vocals you've all been waiting for over some very nice harpsichord. Yes, 17th century harpsichord. I just can't fucking get over that. So 17th century means specifically it was created. It was produced in the 1600s. So it was produced prior to the French Revolution. Um, They did specify that it is a French harpsichord. Do you know how many of those things got burnt? I don't during the revolution. I, I, most of them. It may it may shock you to learn. I do not have those figures offhand. <laughs> <laughs> When I was um, in art school, um, back when I was in college, like our teacher went on this like rant about how bad the French Revolution was for like French art and mm-hmm. French instruments of the time, yeah. like just thousands of irreplaceable pieces of art and right. instruments were just absolutely demolished in the chaos. Yeah. And um, I'm glad this one survived because she sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> sounds very nice. Right? And it's uh, funny, like now that I've said it, that it's like the Elden Ring vampires singing, like all I can mm-hmm. hear is, oh, we who are destined to be mothers at Goldenwood, <laughs> at whom were you so angry? You know? Right. <laughs> like. Yeah. You, you, and uh, yeah, you finally get this is not, if you're listening to the album, this is not your first taste of uh, uh, Lorea Lampernitic. Mm-hmm. But uh, on this episode, this is the first time we really get to hear her yeah, like, she belt is out. incredible. Yeah. And she's one of those singers. Um, my singing coach back in the day told me there were girls that sing pretty and girls that sing with their whole throat. Mm-hmm. She is a girl that sings with her that, whole throat. She was literally pulling her collar like away yes. from her throat and like straining her like veins in her neck to get these beautiful notes out. Right. That That's... that's one of the reasons I, uh, I I love this type of shit so much is because it's like this is not a metal singer that is singing in an operatic style. No, this is a but, woman that was trained for this probably from like the age of seven or eight. Right? Yeah, this yeah. is an actual opera singer. Yes. Um, and yeah, that's uh, it, it, you know, it's just the mo- is the most like classical and baroque song 
so far at least. I don't, yeah. I don't think it is overall. No, this is like th- I think more of the more overtly like fairy core. I would yeah. say um, I'm adding that to the genre tags. It's the most. <laughs> it's the most French song on the album. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, let's move on to what might be the most Arabic song on the album. I keep wanting um, to call this one Caramel Dancing. Yeah. Uh, it's not. Camel Dance Floor. I'm not that far off, though. Yeah. probably sneak into a dj set and uh, right? people wouldn't really notice that much this is when i would absolutely sneak into my dj set so this yeah. is actually um the song that has the sitar recording on it where yes. they played it with um a screwdriver and it was also two people playing it at the same time it was right. um the actual sitarist whose name i forget mm-hmm. uh, um uh, I th- oh, and Anthony Miranda. Anthony Miranda um was doing the primary playing, and then Igor or yeah, whatever his name. We're just gonna call him Igor. Yeah, um, is like sliding the um the screwdriver kind of in and out and like right. holding sur- like almost like a, a little bit of a bow. Yeah, very interesting. It also, I it also has um uh, uh some very traditional Arabic guitar, like mm-hmm. acoustic guitar. I can't remember. When we when we were watching the documentary, I, I I don't think that guitar had a specific name. I think he literally just called it an Arabic guitar. I think he did. Um, uh, I think don't guitars like originate for, like from Arabic cultures? Well, I know it's it's an African instrument. Okay, okay, so it's like the banjo then. Yeah, yeah, it's traditional. It's originally and traditionally an African instrument. Mm-hmm. Good to know. Good to know. As far as I know. Yeah. Uh, we need um, to do more research. If we are incorrect, yeah. please let us know. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, don't let me know. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> you can let me know. Yeah. Um, honestly, though, big uh, thank you to our loyal listeners who have given us suggestions to improve the quality of the episodes mm-hmm, as we've gone mm-hmm. on. Because I feel like we just keep getting better and better. Yeah. So, uh, honestly, you can send me that shit. I, I would love to know. Yeah. So, you know. Don't but, text Jason. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, no, that's like Camel Dance Floor is uh, genuinely, it's th- probably the simplest or one of the most simple songs yeah. on the album. But it it's has also, the fewest layers, but it's right. so satisfying. And it it's is. such a good break because there's like yeah. a lot of heaviness in the first four. And then it's a nice like kind of palate cleanser because mm-hmm. the next track, oh buddy, we're yeah. going back to metal country. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Uh, 
I just love that guitar. That doon 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 doon. It's so fun. It I, is I very love much it. um dune and traveling around yeah. with uh the people with the blue eyes. I would love to hear someone like sample this song and do something else with it. JPEG Mafia uh, should sample that yeah. song. Yeah. He should I mean, there's precedent he sampled Animals as Leaders on yeah. his last album. <laughs> he probably has. JPEG Mafia writes so many fucking songs mm-hmm. for each album and yeah. like like most of them we never get to hear. <laughs> right. But uh yeah, like you said, the next song I, I I hesitated in calling Camel Dance for the most straightforward song because the next one is literally by design mm-hmm. the most straightforward song on this album. And it's a straightforward death metal That's song. That's right. We're doing Parping featuring George Corpse Grinder Fisher from Cannibal Corpse. Fave of the show. <laughs> That part was so cool too because yeah. he had a whole bunch of different synthesizers like kind of hooked up to the wall and like was fully yeah. like mad scientists like mm-hmm. tapping dials and oh, buttons yeah. and switches and it's just amazing. Yeah, that that's that's a that's a proper that's a proper Moog setup right there. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, no, he said that like his guitarist came to him and wrote this like very straightforward brutal death metal like riff. Right. And uh, they got you know they managed to get Corpse Grinder in there. Uh, Igor is a massive uh, fan of Cannibal Corpse, like since he was a kid. Mm-hmm. So he said that, like, the reason it came out so straightforward like this is like he added this little eight bit yeah, crush section in the middle, very unique. But he said that he wanted to keep it close to being a straightforward, brutal death metal song, yeah, as a way to like tribute Corpse Grinder and Cannibal Corpse. Yes, and this is some of the best vocal work yeah. he's done in the last couple of years. He sounds amazing. Yeah, he sounds great on this song. Yeah, um, I also love that this song is explicitly about necromancy specifically. Yeah, like sometimes death metal can just be like bodies and corpses, but he's mm. like, no, I will create the new <laughs> da 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 foundations of something unseen. Yeah. I mean, it's a catchy hook too. It is this like. the house of death. This is the house of corpses. Yeah. So 
so good. It's it, it's great. I would mm-hmm. love it, it. It almost makes me want to check out um his uh solo stuff. I wonder if he does stuff like this on it. Yeah, uh, Corpse Grinder because he put out a solo album oh. uh, like last year, I think. Yeah, we definitely need to check that out. Yeah, maybe play some Mario Party tonight. Give it a listen. Right. <laughs> That's how we uh, listen to a lot of these albums, mm-hmm. by the way, is we play Mario Party or like Monopoly or something like Wheel of Fortune. Right. Um, and uh, just listen to it on our yeah. like surround sound speakers. Yeah. Great way to enjoy music. Yeah. Great way to listen listen to the record. Yeah. So we are halfway through the track uh, list. We, we have oh. one more song. We do. Okay. Yes. We have one more song, which is Musette Museum or See, Musette like- Maximum. This album just does not feel as long as it is to me because no. I'm ha- having so much fun every time I'm listening to yeah. it. It's very fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, here we go. mozzarella sticks (laughs) same (laughs) um i love an accordion yeah it's giving professor layton it's giving final fantasy 15 and altisha and that dude is playing the fuck out of that accordion oh my god (laughs) that is one of the funniest parts of the documentary is um there's several like clips of him playing it and like one of them must be towards like the end of the day and they've done multiple takes because he is just sweating oh yeah (laughs) that man looks exhausted he is flying the like through those keys with such a fervor like it's just insane playing an accordion looks tough yeah i've tried that looks like one of the the harder instruments to like play and actually make sound good right you know like i would love a little concertina but i i admit that that um even a concertina has got like 26 buttons on it or something like by the way that is also known as a squeeze box you know mom's got a squeeze box and daddy doesn't sleep in it anyway um but yeah i i would love to get into accordion music um from like in a fantasy world where I had all the time to learn right. like an instrument, but uh, until then I can just enjoy this. This is like the gothest. I feel yeah. like this is um very much specifically the Adams family track. Right. This is like one of the cousins playing this while they're dancing the mamushka, the yeah. dance of bro- <laughs> brotherly love. You know. Absolutely. Yep. But uh, now it is time to talk about the vinyl. Let's talk about this vinyl. Yes. So it has kind of a cool feature in that you can kind of pick your cover art. Yeah. So this is one that has a, a die cut cover on both the front and the back. And the records are housed in these, uh, you know, full color sleeves. Right. Mm-hmm. 
So on the front, you can either have the actual album cover, which is the Igor like eye symbol, right? You know, just a dilapidated looking like uh, calligraphy eye. It's not dissimilar to the logo from Every Time I Die, but mm-hmm. a little you know uh, more crumbly. And then on the other side, it can be this this camel with a disco ball mm-hmm. on it. And then the back, you can either have uh, a very large chicken. Yeah, it's it's the artwork artwork with the track listing, or it can just be a picture of a chicken. Although it is a massive chicken, a very big chicken. Also, it's got the amp that they set on fire for one of oh, the tracks yeah. in it. Yeah, very nice. Yeah. Oh yeah, there's there's a track later on on this album where they uh, set a guitar amp on fire yeah. and then played while it was burning. Yeah, I don't think I'm I'm pretty sure that that uh, sound is at like the end, the tail yeah. end of one of these songs. Yeah. It's just kind of like noise. But anyway, uh, it's a, this is also a gatefold. Hold on, they lean they lean real hard into like the Arabic like desert aesthetic. Yes, here. yes. There's some like oh my god. There's like um what looks like Beethoven in a cannibal corpse hoodie. Yeah. There's a guy doing a wheelie on a motorcycle. There's some dead bugs, and it's all on this like slate that looks like it's like ancient Egyptian hieroglyphics. Yeah, it's supposed to be like a cuneiform. Yeah, yeah. There's there's also um. What is that guy's name from The Shining? Why is Jack? Jack Nicholson? Yeah. yeah. There's a little film cut with Jack Nicholson from the Here's Johnny right. scene. There's another chicken. Yeah, there's an there's, accordion on fire. There's a there's a there's a bulldozer dumping out what looks like a, a pepperoni pizza. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yes. Yeah. Fun stuff. This would be very fun. Like if somebody showed this to me and went, "Yeah, so this is our Friday the Thirteenth tattoo flash," I would be like, "Sick, bro." Yeah. <laughs> like, that's kind of the vibe it's giving. <laughs> I'm, not- I'm noticing a lot of these are definitely uh, specific references to songs because, like, this one would be Paranoid Bulldozer Italiano. Yep. Yep. <laughs> well, and then, you know, there's, I think, the reason why like, oh, yeah. Beethoven's, and because, like, there is a little bit of harpsichord on the um, Corpse Grinder track. Right. But, yeah, you got that. And then the vinyl, the vinyl itself is actually one of my favorites. It's very simple. But it's so cool looking. It is a black vinyl with uh, white marbling. Yes. And it's very subtle, but it like looks it looks great. It looks like uh, black marble. Yes, you and know? the black is ever so slightly translucent in some areas. I'm guessing that's right. where like some of the white kind of came through. You know. Yeah. Not like massively, but sometimes when you hold it up to the light, you can see the white on the other side, mm-hmm. which real marble has the tiniest amount of translucency, just right. like a, a little bit, so you can see that kind of reflection from within. Yeah. It's just really gorgeous. The label also does that thing with the uh, images around yeah, it yeah the lenticular yeah it has a lenticular so if you play this and then you hold like a camera up to it the the frame the frame rate will match with this uh little running camel yeah that's, uh, that's around the label and uh it'll look like it's moving anyway very cool mm-hmm. uh one of, one of my favorite records mm-hmm. very mm. fun album i yes. would say like in almost every aspect um especially the packaging and it goes with, it goes without saying that it sounds great on vinyl oh it does um what weight is this uh this is a standard 90 oh, okay I, I i like that's my only i wish that the records themselves were a little bit weightier yeah but you know all in all 
Uh, I think it looks great. It sounds great. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm happy with it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, anyway, let's move on to the big, the the big song from this album. Uh, big as in length, not necessarily the most popular. Right. This is uh, Himalaya, Himalaya Massive Ritual. this is just so fucking cool i know i keep saying it i just keep but it's like this is such a great album to to listen to like um for me i have to rest a lot because of my autoimmune disease and sometimes that doesn't equate to sleeping sometimes it's just laying in bed for a couple hours and like listening to an album or watching a video um and this is a great one to watch with like the lights down Mm. and just kind of like bliss out like if i get to go to um that float spa the sensory deprivation tank this is the album i'm gonna listen to in there really yeah i see i would think it'd be a little bit too like frantic for that type of thing you would think that i would i would but uh, (laughs) (laughs) no this is this is the song um this starts out with uh a kind of like steel drum that he that Igor like made out of an old uh, propane cylinder. Yeah, he makes it in the documentary. Yeah, where he like he cuts off the top of it, and he he welds like a bunch of uh, uh, like rectangles into it to make the different mm-hmm. sounds for it. Very cool. Very very cool. Yeah, you know, like I say, you also got some good sitar on there. You got mm-hmm. some more of that operatic singing. Yeah, the sitarist really just coming through right. on every level, every time he's featured. Just phenomenally talented musicians. Like, 
And that's what I love about guys like this. Because, like, I know I keep bringing up Devin Townsend. But, like, they're already so talented themselves. And then they find equally talented people around and just, like, build something really Mm -hmm. cool through their all collective, like, sleigh. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, that's the thing. You don't, like, I don't know. I feel like you don't get an album like this without collaborating with a ton of different people Mm -hmm. and making sure that like because like sure you could you could probably achieve something similar to this through like uh uh you know like digital programming and using filters and synthesizers and stuff like that but i don't think it's gonna be as rich it's not gonna be as like as like organic feeling as this album is no well it's kind of like it's about as you remember the um, video we were watching the other night where somebody like recreated all the layers of seven fifty seven off ten thousand gags. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I feel like this is about that many layers, mm-hmm. but it's different. It hits yeah. different. Yeah, it's that many layers, but each layer is a person playing an instrument. Yes, you know what this is. I've just realized. I, I think why I like this so much too um, mm-hmm. is it's Meow Wolf of music. So for those who don't know, Meow Wolf um, runs massive art exhibits that you like kind of adventure through um one of the big ones they've got right now is omega mar out in l uh, not in la in um, las vegas yeah Yeah. and it's like this grocery store but you can Mm -hmm. like walk through the freezers and suddenly you're in a grotto and then there's like a hidden panel that pops out of the wall and it's like there's no set path yeah a bunch of fake fake products all over the shelves but so how they actually do that um because one of my friends is working on a mural for um their chicago location um they hire thousands of artists yeah. to come in and do like i mean obviously like there's a fixed goal there's an aesthetic and like you submit like you know your ideas and like there's a lot that goes into it before you actually do the installation but it's very much the same kind of thing right do you know what i mean because yeah. it's been touched by so many human hands it's something that you can't really replicate by just trying to like shit it out mm-hmm. you know <laughs> yeah for sure and uh yeah, I don't really have much else to say about the song. Yeah. It's very good. It's very long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna be perfectly honest with you. I don't remember. Uh, <laughs> I don't remember what part of the. I'm I'm just gonna skip ahead to like, uh, like five minutes into the song and see what it sounds like at that point. Uh, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, you get the idea. Yeah. Uh, That's my, the most proggy track yeah, on the album. My volume slider screwed up. You know, I was I was thinking about this earlier too. Like, I'm surprised that um, "gent" isn't one of the genre tags for this yeah. album because there are there are a lot of moments on this that are very genty. Mm-hmm. You know, very uh, uh, very like um, I don't know, tesseract or. Uh, I don't know, gent bands, whatever. You know. So what I'm for saying. those that don't know, <laughs> what is a gent band? A gent band is uh, te- technically not a genre, but it's it's that guitar sound. Yeah. That like chug the gent 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 gent. Yeah. Yep. That's where the phrase comes from. And gotcha, gotcha. A lot of bands, you know, it's kind of started by uh, Meshuga, and then a lot of bands kind of made their whole identity like that one guitar noise. Right. Yeah. Right. So you have. Uh, I, I'm like hesitant to even name bands, you know, from people that's not a gent band, like whatever. But like, you know, 
uh, Architects is one, I think. Um, uh, Periphery, when they first started, were yeah. considered a yeah. gent band. As a matter of fact, their most recent album is called Gent is Not a Genre. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, I don't want to get into Gent because I... No, I just d- wanted, like, just a quick... Because to be perfectly honest with you, I never really got into Gent bands or Gent as a, like, movement or a genre or whatever. I didn't really get into, like, Sumerian records or anything mm-hmm. like that. So, uh, uh, I don't, you know, I don't want to speak on it. Yeah. Because the people that are into that music are fucking annoying. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I don't want to hear about it. It's kind of like for a minute if you, uh, on the internet, if you said anything critical about BTS, just an oh, army yeah. of 14-year-old girls would flood your yeah. inbox with the most hateful nonsense. Right. Now they've all moved on to um, to like Melanie Martinez. And Blackpink. Blackpink. The smart yeah. ones have moved on to Blackpink. Or I'm thinking <coughs> of the more like toxic fan bases. Oh yeah, on no. The internet. You yeah, know, you got. Yeah, I guess the ones that were like sliding in like people's DMs, like telling people to unalive themselves because right. they said something about like, uh, so the rapper from uh, BTS is not the greatest rapper in the world. Right. Like what? I did have a friend that said that in a TikTok, and she got death threats. <laughs> It's funny because all those people are Melanie Martinez stands. Yeah, I was about to say like because I don't feel like BTS really has that reputation as much anymore. No, definitely not. Army uh, is yeah. now all like twenty three to thirty three. Right. So like they ain't got time for this shit. They got rent to pay. Now, now the uh, now the the meta on Twitter, the classic toxic fan bases are like. I mean, you, you have the you have the two big dogs, right? You've got Taylor Swift and Nicki Minaj. Yep, yep. The Barb's as, and the Swifties as having the worst fucking fan bases on the planet. But uh, Melanie Martinez stance have really been uh, giving them a run for their money. But yeah, anyway, you know, and they don't have a cutesy name because they're just rape apologists. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> I'm really trying to put a target on my back here. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think Melanie Martinez stands are going to be listening to a music deep dive podcast on no, Igor. I don't so it's so probably either. fine. It's probably fine. Probably. Anyway. But hey, if anyone wants to like send this to a Melanie Martinez stand so they can like blast it out to all their most insane mutuals and like get us a bunch of clicks that'd be cool yeah you know i would make actually. a whole tiktok series about it yeah yeah anyway let's move <laughs> on to uh, lost in introspection
we are back to the fantasy rpg music yeah this is this is a lot like um that period of time where like there were all these like you know beethoven dubstep remakes yeah type type shit floating around this is what they thought they sounded like yeah this is like a good version of of that of like people doing edm remixes of classical music yes and speaking of um like edm and like heavy bass and stuff there's this tiktok going around where it's like it's this kind of baseline where it's like bow, bow, right bow. and like the neurodivergence of tiktok have dubbed that their brain scrubby music yeah. and i would like to put this forth as another brain scrubby album another brain scrubby option oh, yeah. for all of us to get really massage all yeah. those little folds or smoothness uh, depending on the person it will make <laughs> of it your quite, brain it will make it quite impossible for you to think about other things so that's true <laughs> you know i it think is. this is my new album for when i'm getting too uh like dental work done yeah <laughs> Although I gotta say, if you're ever getting teeth pulled, Death Clock is the way to go. You need somebody that's playing like a double kick drum because right. that crunch and shit, it ain't it, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I think this is probably like the most mellow song. Yeah, I really like it. On the like album, it. this is the closest we get to like a slow song. This is probably the actual song, if any, from this album that actually gets like ends up in our wedding. Right. Like this would be very fun for like seating or cocktail hour. Mm-hmm. You know. It would be. Mm-hmm. It would be. Uh. But yeah, I guess we'll move on to uh, Overweight Posey. Me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an overweight posy. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, P-O-E-S-Y, posy. Oh, I wonder what posy means. Because uh, it's not the flower. No. Jack uh, just swiped my microphone with his tail and startled me. 
that's not playing anymore. I, I played it longer than I normally do because I wanted to at least get uh, where the instruments come in there. It's so good. It's very oh my good. God. Also, I take back what I said. I think this is the slowest song. <laughs> Probably. Um, I think when we were listening through it, I did think these were one song. It is like they flow together really seamlessly, right. especially once you get to because like all of the kind of singles and like standout tracks are like up here yeah you know, it's, it's all like the first six songs as we go it becomes almost more of like a score for an opera right or yeah like, like these are definitely like these could be listened to the first five i feel like especially could be listened to individually they don't need any additional right. context the, the last seven yeah are very much better because they're around each other for sure <sighs> but yeah i don't have much to say about this song in particular except uh just I, I love I love a good opera. I know? did get a definition for poesy, P-O-E-S-Y. Yes. Poetry. In a sentence, they were enamored of poesy and the fine arts. Well, it was also um, used um, as a word, a descriptor of the art or composition of poetry. Gotcha. So the genius of poesy. Gotcha. Yep. I'm guessing it's mostly used by posh British people because I've never heard this fucking word in my Probably. life. And I had excellent English teachers in Probably. high school and college. <laughs> so... Uh, yeah, uh, let's just move on. Yep. Let's to, keep it rolling. Yeah, keep it rolling. Paranoid Bulldozer Italiano. Woo! Uh, hold on, I forgot to... <laughs> it's me when I come in the house and I just start demolishing everything yeah. <laughs> because I'm like, having a panic attack. this one would be as good for the sensory deprivation tank upon reflection <laughs> yeah i don't think so this is uh the first it's so crazy that um i guess it's because he typically comes in later in the songs but yeah this, i think this is the first song we played where we on the podcast get to hear the male vocalist right which band. i do actually like his voice very good mm-hmm. um yeah i love i love how this uh starts out as like the most break core 
like song on the album you know it's, it's just straight breakcore at the top and then it just kind of turns into like a real heavy metal song yes and a very traditional one at yeah. that there's two kind of like once you get through the intro on the second kind of traditional like death metal or like that's right. more would you call that speed metal or is like it still falls under the death metal umbrella yeah it definitely yeah. does because i know death metal is very um what's the word i'm looking for technical yeah and very fast oftentimes yeah absolutely mm-hmm. and the, this is definitely like a more traditional death metal-y type riff yes right yes. up top there it's super heavy this is a great song mm-hmm. I, I love just having an actual proper opera singer on like a death metal track that right. is just uh more of this please yum 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 absolutely <laughs> listen listen to the band uh caterpillar oh my uh, god i do uh-huh. love caterpillar <laughs> i love caterpillar so much especially since like their name in whatever language you're speaking is the word for caterpillar and yes. like you spell it by it's like the o with like two dots over yeah, it and then like a big o and a little o and a big o and a little o yes. and so it looks like a caterpillar mm-hmm. excellent very genius funny. naming convention <laughs> very funny and uh on top of that very good music so mm-hmm. <laughs> they get away with it they do um yeah let's move on to uh baroco satani Oh, that's satanic. some boss fight music right there that is that that there's an elden ring boss fight arena uh, it reminds me it reminds me of like like devil may cry almost yeah more, more so than a from game it also it's giving um the boss fights in final fantasy 14 yeah have a lot of um music like that i i didn't play final fantasy 14 for very long um mainly because i was playing with friends that have been playing way longer and i just kind of lost interest but mm-hmm. they would like carry me through these boss fights and that would not sound out of place in any of those yeah. arenas but yeah no i just i love how big this song sounds yeah you know? yeah this is uh it, it still keeps a lot of the elements you know that make uh 
the the rest of the album so like interesting and unique you know it's mm-hmm. got that sick harpsichord in there yep uh, uh laurent is doing her thing mm-hmm. you know and um but like that guitar riff up top it just sounds so massive it sounds it very epic it's cinematic yes it's the most cinematic, cinematic song on the album probably i think yeah um Oh, the AMVs I would have made with this right. as a fourteen-year-old. Oh my god! Oh my god! Yeah, no, that would be that would have been like the pain fight in yeah. Naruto. Like, yeah. I mean, in general, I feel like I feel like Igor would have thrived in a AMV culture. It's kind of coming back. Yeah. Um, that- several of my fourteen-year-old clients have gotten super into anime music videos, and um, they're always like a little bit embarrassed and like. My sweet angel, I wrote Beyblade fan fiction. Mm-hmm. There is nothing you can tell me about your taste and what you do with the right. anime fandom that is going to make me think you're lame. <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny because um, on the I like while that song is playing, I happen to click on the Wikipedia link for the genre breakcore. Yeah, and there's this little section under the 2020s revival where it specifically says. Uh, Breakcore is nostalgic, atmospheric, and sentimental, and grew out of the digital hardcore scene of the 2010s. It is accompanied by an aesthetic that draws from video games, anime, uh, particularly serial experiments, lane, and internet culture. Huh. Yeah. I was right. Yeah. <laughs> I love when I'm right. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Um, I don't know. Great song. We've, we've only got two tracks left on this. Yeah. Thing. So uh, let's just let's just break into the last two. This is polyphonic rust. Fourteen-year-old me that was going through her Nightwish phase yes. would have lost her fucking mind for this track. 
This one sounds so cool on the vinyl too, it with does. all the different vocal layers and stuff. Yeah, well, and that's one thing I noticed on the vinyl as we were listening through. Um, is it's so much more. There's so much more depth of sound, and I'm not yes. sure if that's because I think it is partially because of the vinyl, also because of our audio setup. Yeah, you know, for sure. but like it just oh, there's I mean, stuff, you can hear every layer. Stuff definitely like I'm not flexing or anything here, but like. Most stuff, even through streaming, genuinely sounds better on our stereo system than it does through, like, headphones. And I mean, I, it fucking better. That it, shit was expensive. Well, and I, and I have a relatively expensive pair of headphones. Like, yeah, that's you, fair. You know? But, um, yeah, uh, this is just, this is like metal, metal Catholic music, almost. <laughs> oh, my God. You know what I mean? It's giving Pope Francis. Yeah. It's giving incense and a ball being yeah. waved down an a aisle. Starting, starting a fucking circle pit at the Vatican. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> they stole all the marble from the Colosseum, folks. Look it up. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Mm-hmm. And then they used it to uh, press Igor vinyl. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean... That's, you get this deep into this album. This is uh, one of the more normal songs. I feel like like that riff is very, yeah. you know, kind of straightforward and normal. And like even her singing, even though she's still doing like the operatic thing, it feels, I don't know, uh, like more accessible than a lot of the singing. Like because it's a little bit more, a little bit more melodic. It's a little bit more it. traditional like, opera. Yeah. And like the language in this one sounds a little bit more Italian. So it, it, right. it does lean a little bit more traditional opera yeah. in her performance on this one. It also could, like, you could tell me the song's in Latin and I would, right? be- I would believe you 100%. Yeah, absolutely. Like, what am I, what, I don't know Latin. How am right? I going to fact check that? <laughs> exactly. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, it's, just, it's a, it's a good, it's a good, uh, second to last song. Here and that brings us to our last song, Kung Fu Chevre, Shiva, Shivra, Shivra, I guess. Uh, let's hit it. Like a career and direct like a mafia movie. 
Yeah. Just so I can use this song during like the big. This will be like the montage of when they're like preparing for the big mob hit. Right. You right. know what I mean? It's like getting all the guys together and. It's funny because I went a completely different direction with that, and I was thinking dance party for ghosts. Oh my god. I mean that too. And it, it, like it sounds like a lot of things, right? Like because it also sound like up top there, mm-hmm. that very beginning part to me almost comes off like someone singing an Arabic song, like but like a Catholic singing an Arabic song. Yeah. And then it turns into like this weird Italian thing with the with the uh, accordion, like mm-hmm. going nuts mm-hmm. on it, and um, and then after after that point, it all just kind of sounds Italian to me. I will lose my ever-loving shit if ever Weird Al Yankovic does a guest spot on an Igor album. Because he's a very talented accordion player. I don't uh, know if he can play like this. His father was the king of polka. That's right. He literally was. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But, uh, I mean, I don't know. Weird Al could probably play this. I don't know. I don't know shit about accordions. Right. Uh, It's For me, I'm like, Weird Al's like in his 60s, right? He's got to be, right? Yeah, because like, he was like 30 in the 80s. Yeah. He, so. you know, he, was, uh, he was making hits in the in the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, the 2000s. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I'm like, I don't... It would have to be soon. So Weird Al, if you're listening. Yeah. <laughs> don't got much time left, buddy. <laughs> Please get on an Igor album just for me, yes. just for your number one fan. <laughs> but I mean... Yeah, uh, uh, that's that's Igor. That's yeah. spir- that's spirituality and distortion. That's the whole thing. Well, I think um, you know, obviously I hated it. Yeah, Every that's second fair. of it. I just had a real bad No, I that's loved fair. it. I really have no notes. Yeah. Um so many of the songs are my favorite song. I think my favorite favorite is either Musat Maximum mm-hmm. or um Hollow Tree. That's fair. Yeah. I've got to go with Camel Dance Floor, I think. Yeah. Camel Dance Floor and, like, Parping. Parping. You know. Oh, I forgot about the Corpse Grinder song. They're, de- they're definitely the ones I go back to the most. Mm-hmm. Or the one, you know, they're the ones I have on, like, playlists and stuff. Right, right. You know? But, yeah, I mean, final thoughts. It's just, this is a great, like, it, it's, it's, a, it's a very experimental off-the-wall album, but I feel like after a little while, you kind of get acclimated to it. I think so. I think so. It's like, you definitely got to be in the mood for this. You know, it's kind right. of, it's like when we were talking about takeout options, and I'm like, do you feel like Mediterranean? You got to yeah. be in the right headspace for it. <laughs> I mean, it, it like throws a lot of curveballs at you, but I feel like by track six or seven, you've kind of gotten all of the curveballs that they have. That's true. And then from there, it's just kind of rearranging these like different elements that they like to use right right you know in in different and exciting ways um i do have some people that did not like the album oh what are their thoughts okay uh i I pulled a couple from uh album of the year uh let's see surface gave it a 50 out of 100 and said i get wanting albums with variety but this is a smorgasbord of sounds that barely work together Boo. Boo! Incorrect. Incorrect mm-hmm. opinion. Uh, uh, Newt Newt Maboot <laughs> said uh, they their rating they gave it a meh, which I hate it when people fucking do that. Don't don't, don't try and be cute. But uh, <laughs> said te- uh, they, I mean they gave it a fifty out of a hundred. But um, technical metal that really flies off the wheels in terms of ideas, opera singing, overused metal drums uh synth blemishes you name it i i i i really think this person 
uh, meant to say flourishes instead of blemishes. No, we're leaving it at blemishes. Yeah. He can, he, this is how he's been immortalized on the internet, and yes. he has to face the consequences. I, I understand Igor doesn't take, their, doesn't take his music super seriously. I mean, look at the title tracks. That's sort of why he has so many crazy ideas. They are as weird as they sound for a smooth listening experience, but at least weird is cool, and there are some nice tracks on here. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I guess my only real problem with that is like, I wouldn't call this technical metal, honestly. It has the, technical mesh metal portion. The most technical part is in like the bass playing. But like yes. most of the guitar parts are relatively simple. Yeah. You know, I like, mean, even like, um, Corpse Grinder's vocals yeah, like are he, not. He's more so using the guitar as like, as like a, a, a floor almost. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's kind of the base. That's the skeleton of that's the song. That's the structure that and everything then, else is sitting on. And then he can throw these crazy harpsichord and accordion yeah. and, and sit that, that section. We were still having a hard time pronouncing. Yeah. Um, uh, literally Moss gave it a 55 and said, great ideas with subpar execution. Like it works, but not well enough to blend them all together in a way that's dot, dot, dot listenable for more than a curiosity mm. and and uh and my last one is i might be biased he gave it a 55 by the way i might be biased but i think that this guy is terribly overrated uh to merge genres is one thing but without any actual songs that can make a lasting impression except for lost in introspection it comes as nothing more than pure show-off I find just it, say you want your metal songs to sound like pop songs. I know. It's like just say it. Say it with your fucking yeah, chest, you fucking is, pussy. You any, want two verses and a chorus and a bridge. Right. Yeah. Any any this happens anytime an artist decides to like not have traditional song structures. I like how yeah. like personally I take right <laughs> when someone does it. When we get to the part about the negative album review, yeah, <laughs> I did this with Hundred Gex too. I'm like, I think one of them, I just straight up went, "Fight me, you little bitch!" Yeah. <laughs> uh, I gotta be careful as this uh, if this podcast actually like takes <laughs> off. Uh, I'm gonna start writing checks in my mouth and my ass can't cash. Right. Uh, but yeah, I mean, yeah. overall. I think we both loved it. Of course. You I mean, know, it's, I mean, it's a great album. I love Igor. In yeah. I don't have a worse song. I like the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, Igor is one of those, Igor is one of those very fun bands. That's, it's so fun to show people that love to talk about how wide and, and um, like, oh, I listen to everything. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? I but, love that because I'm like, oh, do you? Because like, we're going to oh, listen man. to Scare in the Hose. <laughs> <laughs> you ever heard of Igor? Let me, show you, <laughs> let me show you a music video called Very Noise. You're going to love it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, I guess uh, let's let's go ahead and do our plugs. Yeah, you can find me online um, for my personal Instagram um, with art and moth content. It's at Spicy Pisces Crises. Everywhere else, Twitter, um, I have a professional hair account. And also my TikTok is at Amanda Moonchild. And you can uh, follow the, the pod on Twitter and on Instagram at uh, MBF, R- MBF Records Pod. Uh, which I actually started using the Instagram, and I'm so I proud of you. Am now posting pictures of every vinyl that we talk about on the show on the Instagram. So if you want to look at the records that we talk about, you can go find them there. Yeah, and then you can also follow me separately on Twitter at Frequency Shifts. And that brings us to our shuffle. What, what we get? What's it gonna be? We are doing heliocentric slash anthropocentric by the ocean Woo! 
This is going to be a two-parter. I'm so excited. Yeah, our first two-part episode, folks. We're, We're diving into the ocean. Let's go. Woo! See you next week. Bye. Bye. <laughs>